Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that swears to you it will never join the Sixer regime, it's Sif Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon, usually, or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get themselves perks. Patrons get those perks? Oh yeah! My name is Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks, and I greet you all with a very hearty ahoy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined with the man too cool for the and. We have Rue Dicer in the room with us. Hello, everyone. Now, you are the brother, younger brother, older brother of Aaron? Uh, Younger in age. Younger in age, but wiser Probably. I mean, it's, it depends on the subject, probably. <laughs> nice. Uh, as some of you know, Aaron is out for a couple weeks. He had a little bit of a health issue. I'm going to let him, whenever he gets back, talk all about that. I'll let him do his own thing there. Don't want to steal that away from him. But brother Dicer in the room, I'm curious, is the cinephile gene go throughout the entire Dicer family? Ooh, I don't know if the whole family, but mm-hmm. definitely through me. All uh, right. And I'd also like to say that uh, the last uh, Sif Pop you did, if you recall, uh, Dice was definitely talking about how healthy he was. So the irony does not get missed <laughs> in, in the fact that uh, he's not here. But uh, no, it does through me. A lot of my brother's favorite things mm-hmm. uh, he can basically thank me for because I have oh. over the years introduced him to them. Uh, his greatest loves like X-Files. uh and the list goes on and on. I These can't. are all you're doing. Yes. He yes. has failed to mention this. He, so. You know, every time I listen, I keep listening for him to be a little grateful and say, hey, my brother <laughs> is the one. And he, ne- he never does it. But, you know, oh. you can't blame the guy. No, yeah. Well, you know, you should give, you know, your dues <laughs> and your gratitudes to those who deserve it. But Before I come off all, like, cocky, I mean, he, we're, we both are, are, are uh, cinema uh, lovers and we we both tend to influence each other in great ways. Excellent. 
Well, it's good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for doing this. You and I, just so everybody knows, whenever we get into the review of Ready Player One, the new Steven Spielberg movie, we are both fans of the Ernest Cline novel. Yes. We both read. Yes. We both we'll read. Say Let's that. say that. We'll we both, say said we both read. read it. Yes. Okay. Now, <laughs> that is something that we, uh, would have been something different because regardless, you were going to be on the show anyway today That's right. to talk about it because Aaron was going to be the odd man out who had not read the book. That is, Yeah, he doesn't read. Yeah. So <laughs> he's kind of like a Floyd Mayweather in that sense. Yeah, I remember so. he used to read. But I, I've not, I haven't seen him pick up a book in like 25 years. Which is funny because I got a, a copy of Ready Player One, like an extra copy somebody sent me. And I was going to give it to him, but I guess it would have you know been moot because he just would have just sat there. Well, I think books now kind of fall in his no-frame policy, I would imagine. Oh. So, like, so a book is all the frames, just in different order maybe? So Possibly, I, yeah. I, I don't know if, he, if maybe that's part of why he doesn't read. Yeah. Who knows? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he just didn't have time. Uh, that's the man true. has oh. fingers in so many pies. That guy just, you know, he works. But regardless of that, we are going to start off the show, as we always do, with a little Do We Care. If you don't know what that is, every single week I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss. We must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one is going to tie into our review. Hopefully it doesn't give away any spoilers for how we feel about the movie. But Ernest Klein has stated he is currently working on two sequels to Ready Player One. Ready Player Two and Ready Player Three. Hmm. I would say I mild. I mildly care. I would mildly care. I because you know I didn't have the greatest taste for the the first book, yep. and I'm not too sure where he could go with it. But that makes me interested to see mm-hmm. what he could do. It is a very interesting uh, world that you could expand on. So uh, I would say I I would say I care out of curiosity. Yeah. What I'm curious about, and for those of you who have read the book know, like, where does, where does it go from here, you know? Because I don't know if, like, it's too much of a spoiler to say, like, the story has been told, and I don't want them to dive back into it for not money's sake, but, you know, just for the sake of going back in without something to say. Yeah, and that's definitely how I took the book, too, was it was a very definitive end. Yeah. So, so that's why I'm saying, I'm, like, where do you go? So I will read it just to see where it goes. Yeah. And, and hey, I could be surprised, and it could be very good. It's just it's a, it is a head-scratcher. Yeah, and for them to say that he has two books coming out, that's what's really interesting. Like, So obviously he has something in mind if he's willing to say he has an idea for two more books. I just hope it's a good idea. Well, <laughs> you know, there's more, there's more pop culture to be referenced, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Number two, the Wild Stallions are getting the band back together in a third Bill and Ted movie. It will center around the fact that Bill and Ted were told in the original movies that their music would change the world and bring peace to everyone. But the plot of this new movie is that in their 50s, they have yet to write the song to change the world. I don't know about you, Rue, but I... Cannot wait for this. I love uh, Bill and Ted so much. Station, my friend. Station. station. Uh, here, so I have no clue what you're going to say, right? So, okay. And I, you're used to this. I, I This is my first time doing this. Yeah. Uh, I And I don't keep up with this stuff, which makes this wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I had no clue they were going to do a third Bill and Ted. Um, definitely huge fan of both 
you know, bogus journey and uh, what's the first one called? Excellent oh, adventure. Excellent adventure. Of course, yeah. why can't I remember that? Uh, I Here, think, here's a question: Do you which one do you like more? Uh oh man, I'm probably gonna say bogus journey. Me too. I think it's so underrated. I, I think people don't get to it, and there's just so much that goes on in that movie that is just classic. Oh, uh, yeah. You have sunk my battleship. Oh, so good. playing games with death is one of the funniest things. Best three out of five. Yeah, it's just, it's it's so good. Um, and so third, the, the, the big fear for me, they're getting both... Um, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves back. Yep, they've already done like posters. That must have been really hard for scheduling to get Alex get him back out because he's constantly been in everything lately hasn't he <laughs> yeah see, there's, i see what you did there yeah, i know that's kind of <laughs> uh, so uh <laughs> i think it just it depends there it's kind of like right now we are in a era of bringing everything back which isn't a bad thing right yeah because some stuff you bring back is very good but it's all in the treatment so i'm very excited for it but i'm also a little hesitant just because of the era we're in some yeah. things are getting rushed to bring back and the treatment isn't that great they've been working on this movie since 2009 okay and they's like we're not going to make the movie unless we think of the good plot for it we well, don't want to make a movie just for making a bill and ted movie and i do like the plot that you you mentioned it is kind yeah. of funny because it fits with the whole theme of you look at them and go how what yeah you know, okay, but they still haven't written they the song They still haven't yet. written the song. I like makes that sense. a it lot. It makes so much sense. Because that was the whole premise of the first two movies. You're going to write the music that changes the world and brings peace to the galaxy. And, yeah, and then they play Kiss at the very end right there. God made rock and roll. Yep. Which is so fun. Ah, I love the movie, and I cannot wait for that. But number three <laughs> is something that could be a little polarizing. Okay. Amazon has purchased the rights to Tolkien's Lord of the Rings hmm. for $250 million. And what they plan on doing is making a five-season series of a spinoff, not obviously of you know the original Frodo or Bilbo, any of those stories. They are planning to spend $1 billion on this series. Wow. So kind of so it's not you're not retelling the Lord of the Rings, you're not yeah. retelling the Hobbit. So it's kind of like the Office Hobbit yeah. where it's a different story but in that uh, universe. Exactly. Okay, do we know if I'm see now the nerd stuff starting to spin in my head. Do we know if they're going off of like the Cimmerillion or any of the other From like From what canon? I gather it's going to be Cimmerillion stuff. Okay. Not confirmed, but that's been speculation. Okay. Okay. Well, I I will be interested. Once again, it, I I'm someone that doesn't like to make judgment until i see it but i'm definitely if the if the question is do i care yeah yes i will definitely be paying attention to it i cared when they brought the tick back on amazon so (laughs) i will definitely care when they bring lord of the rings oh yeah Uh, i'm right there with you man uh lord of the rings my third favorite movie i just count them all as one movie at this point you Mm -hmm. might as well third favorite movie of all time hobbits not so much (laughs) um but yeah i am i'm excited for this but i'm also hesitant because just throwing a bunch of money at something doesn't automatically mean it's going to be good. No. And it so. seems like it's a the streaming way right now to try to do a, a long series. Uh, I believe you were talking about the Star Wars uh, on the new Disney streaming stuff. Yeah. It seems very similar. And so it's, it's going to be how good are you at storytelling. And uh, the world is a great world. Same. You know, oh, yeah. So it, it's one of those things where you go, 
hard to mess up. You've got this great world with all these Tom Bombadils in there. Just make it happen. Um, but it, it does come down to what are you willing to spend your money on? And uh, I'm okay with bad effects. So if they're if if they're hoping to throw a billion dollars in there just so that the effects are great, uh, if the story's bad, I'm not going to like it. So exactly. Yeah. I, I hope they throw some of that money towards good writing. Oh yeah, absolutely. You got to get those writers first and foremost, and then performances, and then effects are always, you know, the last peg for me too. I'm right there with you. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap it up for Do We Care, and it is now time to move on to our review. For Ready Player One. A whole virtual universe. People come to the Oasis for all the things they can do. But they stay because of all the things they can be. Can you feel this? Um, yeah the only place that feels like i mean anything wade watts the young man who has made it his destiny to find halloway's treasure will he succeed or will he fall prey to the sixers tyranny directed by steven spielberg starring a plethora of amazing people formed solely around nerd nostalgia and love like it love it hated it Rue, what did you think of Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One? Oh, uh, man, I've been racking my brain. I saw this yesterday, so I... so I Fresh. Fresh, just all bouncing around the cranium right now. I thought and thought and thought, and I'm going to have to go with just okay. Just okay. As, where I landed was just okay. Okay. I'm going to be in the liked it, pretty much really liked it category. Okay. Didn't love it. Okay. I got some issues with this movie. But uh, starting off with pros, I'm going to go with going into this movie. For me, it's all about the Easter eggs and right. the different, you know, characters from different franchises. It's it almost feels like a nerd test. Like do you get this reference or do you know where this character's from and stuff like that for in the books that's kind of how I was too, you know, because the Oasis is supposed to encompass everything so i expect to see everything granted you know they're trying to pull a roger rabbit meets uh charlie and the chocolate factory here right. with references are you going to be able to get all the rights and everything well and it's more than just the oasis too everything yeah. in the world itself from graffiti to uh all their oasis uh headgear yeah they all have different stickers and all that stuff on it so there is definitely a lot of pop culture in there uh, I think the reason it lands in okay for me is I just, uh, I don't know. I'm probably, other than my brother and I differ in a one major way, probably more than one, but one major <laughs> way is I tend to be more cynical than he is. Uh, he is a very, you know, positive, glass sure. half full, I always want to see the best in movies kind of guy. He'll go into a movie and he'll forgive flaws because he's just having a good time. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of times, if I like a movie, I'll still like it, but I can't help but just look at that flaw and go, ooh, you know, ah, to the point that uh, it causes issues with me and my uh, better half when watching stuff because she sits there and goes, stop. We don't need to be doing this right now. Just watch the movie. Um, so I think the problem for me is I just could not get over some of some of the stuff that just kind of pulled me out, whether it be differences in the book, which I hate. I hate that. 
when you read a book that you go into a movie and just go, what? And then, like, for me, especially with reading the book, because uh, this is going to be, I'm going to try to do this non-spoiler, right? This is the non-spoiler. Yeah, this is non-spoiler. Uh, when I read the book, I definitely finished the book going, wow, there's a great opportunity for this movie to be better than the book. Yeah. Because I didn't necessarily come away from the book feeling like, this is a great book. I felt like, oh, I see the the world they built, and you could take this world and make it into a great movie. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like it missed some of the heart of the book a little too much for me for the movie. So that's why I'm giving it just an okay. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, do you have any pros for it, though? Like, Oh, I know. That... I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did try to write down some things I liked. Um, I definitely like the... You know, it's kind of a cop out, but the visuals are fantastic. In oh, they're movie. so good! That was um, my big pro. Like, you can't escape it. Uh, did you see it in three D or in regular? Just regular. Yeah, I normally don't go to three D movies, and I, I didn't for this, but I feel like this would be a good one to go see in three D. Yeah, uh, it just it feels like it would lend itself well to three D because the visuals are just they're big, it's loud, it's fun, it's fast, um, it's everything you would want from like an action scene. In yeah. these movies. I like the fact that their avatars don't look, you know, human. There's no uncanny valley element to it. It makes it easier to distinguish between real world and Oasis, you know, the fact besides the fact that you have King Kong running around right. and stuff like that. But you know, it but that can also lead into a con for me is because I found myself caring more about Wade Watt's character in the Oasis than his actual physical body. Maybe that's just a performance issue, but at the same time, I'm like, whenever I read the book, you know, you never really distinguish yourself. No. Like, this is his avatar, this is the person, but I found myself doing that in the movie. Did you ha- feel that yeah, at all? That, that was definitely on one of my cons, um, is the distinguish between the two worlds isn't there. Um, it's We'll get more to it when we get to cons. Because <laughs> when you were saying about the... I want to stick with the Uncanny Valley. They do get away with that a lot um, in the sense that – do you ever mouthwatch when they're when they're CGI? Do you know what uh, I'm talking I tr- about? With I know what you're talking about. I try not because to. Because it will, t- it will pull you out so quick. Yeah. I didn't have – I had near the end of the movie, I had a mouthwatch moment. But for the most part, it's not in your brain because they are avatars. They are yeah. in a world. So it, it actually worked out really well. Um, and I thought the, the CG in it worked – fairly like worked it just didn't it did not suffer from the the facts of oh this doesn't look real in a real world because it's not a real world so it just works yeah um man i hope this isn't too spoilery but for my last con i'm gonna say that i understand that they had to make this film for a more widespread audience and so a lot of the references from the book were modernized i guess quote unquote but it kind of took away from the deep cut challenge and knowledge you know of the book like the holidays challenges in the book are way harder and way cooler and they're way cooler yeah in the movie they're obviously they're more fun to watch but you're like people would have figured that out you know, immediately. so e- immediately. How, how is how is Parsifal like the only one who's who's figured this out? Exactly. Um, I I hundred percent agree. Uh, that was one of my one of the main reasons that kept me from really enjoying it was it felt like the heart of the whole thing wasn't there. 
So everything became I I kept asking myself, well, how is how is he special? How is this what what they're doing special? Uh, How is this any different than playing Monopoly at McDonald's at this point? It's it it becomes a very it it just completely took it out of what I felt the book did right. Uh, I don't necessarily feel they did it the worst because, like you said, their challenges were were more visual. Um, And I think doing some of the challenges in the books in the movie would be extremely boring uh if you had to watch say the perfect game of pac-man probably would not necessarily be the most fun to watch i mean i've watched it a couple of times but you know what i'm saying <laughs> on the big screen yeah it's probably not yeah. the greatest thing uh in the yeah. world so i i don't know i i'm not a writer this is one of the things i'm not a writer and so i try not to be i try so hard not to be very critical of writers uh at the same time it, you just go huh I know you had a time constraint and you want to hit a mass audience, but I just don't get it. So, Yeah. My one last thing, uh, I'm going to give three shout-outs to some amazing performances. Olivia Cook, who played Artemis, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, who was Sorrento, but mainly Mark Rylance as Halliday was so good. He yeah. was Halliday. Yes. He nailed it. See, I had a love-hate relationship uh, with the... The performances in this as well mm-hmm. um but holiday by far it's just it, it felt so real especially some of the scenes where you're looking into his um relationship with ogden yeah which by the way that's one of my cons is ogden is almost a throwaway and not necessary i know and simon Pegg's american accent pretty bad right it's pretty bad i don't know if he was going i, I don't know what he was going for but yeah they they completely erased that character not a hundred percent, but compared to his value and other things, yeah, it's just it was weird. And then the focus on Iraq also, I thought was very interesting. Yeah, making him the character that he was as opposed to the character in the book. It's like a five. He's like a five paragraph character in the book or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't actually. I didn't mind that. I liked what they did with his character. Yeah, but it's not. It's definitely not what he was in the book, which is fine. Um, yeah. I think he helped the plot quite a bit. It made a little. It made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't have the actors' names in front of me, but H. Uh, Leona Waith. I, I, I or Lena Waith. I can't remember how to say her name, but I know she's in a uh, uh, that. Uh, what's his name? Aziz Ansari show. Okay. Um, her performance completely missed for me. Really? Yeah. I thought she did pretty good. I, it just, I don't it's know, one of those me. things you really can't talk about, you right. know, because you don't really want to give anything away. I've probably already given too much away, but it's just, <laughs> but it's just, it was a performance that that missed for me. Yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to say on the movie? Um. Oh man, I feel like I'm trashing on this movie, but it's definitely, I would definitely put it in my recommend pile. Oh, I would too. I think it's my number four movie of the year so far, somewhere around there. It's probably my number one movie of the year, but that's because I see a lot less movies. But uh, <laughs> um, no, it, I would definitely recommend it, especially if you just want to have a, a good time. Yeah. I, you know, if you're going into it because you feel it represents your nerddom, yeah. it most likely doesn't. There's, I will say this, there's a scene towards the end of the movie, I'll just call it the war scene, mm-hmm. is one of the coolest scenes yes. that's ever come around, like for any geek out there who's ever loved anything in pop culture, it's just such a 
fun, fun scene. And that's how cynical I am. I wanted more. I wanted more of... So you were... Yeah, I see what you're yeah, like. See what I'm saying? It was great. It really was. I just wanted more. Where, yeah. Like, more... I wanted more uh, uh, Pacific Rim moments in that movie. I know what you're talking about with that reference there. But, uh, yeah, overall... I don't think it can be, you know, said enough how fun this movie is. Yes. Regardless of whether it's technically a good movie or not, this is, movie is fun. And I still think it is a good movie. I think it is a good movie, but I could see where some people would have a lot of issues with it. But, um, man, this is a fun movie, and I can't, yeah. Go see it, people. A lot of people probably already have. It's making buku bucks is right it really? now. Oh, yeah. Is it, is it it's making money. It should. I, it should. <laughs> It, it has everything that is very popular in culture right now, which is yeah. being pop culture references. All right. Well, with that, we want to move on now to the best ever video game movies. And by that, we mean movies that are not adapted to video games, but movies that deal with video games or have video game elements to them. So... Starting from number three to number one, we will also have some honorable mentions. Rue, why don't you kick it off with your number three? All right. Well, I heard about this best ever challenge probably 30 minutes ago. Yep. And so I had to rack my brain. Fortunately, I came up with some good ones. Um, I am going to start with Scott Pilgrim as my third. Trump. Okay. So <laughs> I've been Trumped already, which is understandable. To put that at three, Yeah. it is. it could, well, here, go ahead then. Well, um, I'm going to say my number three is probably going to be Trump by you too, Wreck It Ralph. No, not, not going to Trump no. it. Okay, that's on my honorable mentions. Okay, well, um, I honestly hadn't seen Wreck It Ralph until uh, either the end of last year or the beginning of this year. It took me a long time to see it, but it is a fun movie. Oh man, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think of that? You had it in your honorable mentions. Uh, Wreck It Ralph is great. It's it's Wreck It Ralph is kind of like Ready Player One in a lot of senses. Um, a lot of video game, a uh, lot of references to video games and other stuff, and the story is just just fun. The story is cute and fun, and mm-hmm. they, I, it's probably one of my favorite movies, um, animated movies Disney's done in a while. Oh yeah, the fact that um, if you grew up in the uh, the Nintendo, like the you know either Super Nintendo or regular NES era, there's a lot here that's nostalgic of your childhood, and you know like. But then you you add this ironic human element to it where you give these characters personalities and stuff like that, and you make them ca- something you can care about is something that's like really impressive if you think about it. Are you excited for the, the second one coming out? Not the title, but the movie, Yes, I Am. Ralph Breaks the Internet is one of the worst titles <laughs> ever. Like, ever. It is one of the worst titles for a movie I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably true. That title alone is probably breaking the internet. Yeah, the fact that they didn't call it uh, Ralph Rex the Internet, you know, is such a missed opportunity. I, you know, I can't. I I don't work for them anymore, so I can't. <laughs> I can't give my two cents. Uh, what's your number two? Uh, my number two, I had as I might get the name wrong, mm-hmm. but I believe it's the Wizard. The Wizard, interesting. I haven't heard of that one. It might just be Wizard. This is a, a movie about playing. Uh, in video game competitions, starring I need to look it up to be honest because who everyone who who's listening to this right now is probably yelling at me because I apparently don't know what I'm talking about. Um, the Wizard, 1989, stars oh Freddie Savage. Yeah, it stars Fred. You know the 80s, yeah. the 80s child of 
of yeah. love. Um, <laughs> and he goes around to play his little brother is like maybe autistic or something. And he goes around playing in challenges and he finds both flutes in uh, Super Mario 3 and beats. It's basically speed running in the 80s. This is the movie with the power glove. Yes. Where, okay. Well, yep. And you get your, your power glove meme in there and everything. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. I, I know which movie doing, you're talking about. I'm Christian doing, Slater's in that movie. I'm not doing it justice by talking about it, but it is it is one of my favorite movies. All right. Well, it's one especially that I, about about video games. It's one of one of my favorites. Yeah. Now that movie, I know what you're talking about. I guess it just for some reason you get, you had the right title. It's just it didn't. I didn't put two and two together with that one. But yeah. So my number two is going to be Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. The live, element live die repeat, live, die, repeat oh, okay. you know, where you know it's that's what you do in video games. You know, you try and remap out like if you're doing like uh, this is a bad reference, but like a Call of Duty or a Destiny, you know, you know where the enemies are going to spawn every single time you die. So whenever you repeat yourself, you try and work your way to progress further and further. You hold an extra grenade, exactly. And the fact that Tom Cruise really pulls it off in this movie and it's just so fun but i want to know you've seen it haven't yes. you? oh yes i love it aaron and i love the movie loathe the ending yes he hates the ending so much so do i but he still loves the movie but he hates the ending so much yep um so you're asking me how i feel about the ending yeah remember how i said i was cynical <laughs> I completely forgive this ending. Really, a hundred percent forgive this ending. I it does not bother me at all. Um, because you can you can rationalize it. You really can in the sense of who knows what happens when you kill the the big brain or what it, whatever it's called. Yeah, and you absorb not just you know the little minion's ability. You absorb all the ability. Yeah. Maybe that's where he decided he wanted to wake up. I do agree that everyone should have died. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. But with how it ends, you're like, okay, this is where, you know, there are some questions you go, huh? But, you know, maybe that's why Tom, he, Tom Cruise is now pretty much omnip- omnipotent and can do <laughs> whatever he wants with that power. So that's what he decided. He wanted to wake up on a helicopter before he got court-martialed. So, yep, that's it. <laughs> so I just, I forgive it. So Yeah. But right. that, because that movie is, hand, hands down, was just a lot of fun and oh, done really so well. Oh, yeah. So. It's really, really good. And I think the fact that Aaron and I, for as much as we hate that ending and we still say we love that movie, speaks volumes to how good it is. It's a bad ending. I mean, it is a bad ending. But yeah. it's hard-pressed to write a good ending to that movie. It really, like, I've, I've tried to think about it a bunch of times. You know, everyone dies is one thing. But then how do you still reset and show that what they did happened? It's just, it's a really, I think it's a really tough write to, to finish that in a, in a way that will appease that's true, yeah. There, I don't think there's ever going to be a perfect ending for a movie like that. You know, you're always going to make somebody upset with it, or regardless, though. Up until that point, it's an amazing movie. But your number one is... My number one is War Games. Good call, man. Good call. It's in my honorable mentions. Yep. My number one is War Games. It is one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. Uh, and it is definitely about about games. Shall we play a game? Falcon's Quest. <laughs> uh, it's just it's an all around lovable movie. Um, I need to watch it again, man. Yeah, it's it's been a while. I I was just packing my DVDs the other day, and I thought, why do I have DVDs anymore? But I was packing my DVDs, <laughs> and there it was, and I was like, I need to watch this again. Yeah. What would you say? What would you say? 
it's hard to explain a movie like that in this era for someone who was let's say born mid mid 90s 2000s like how do you explain that the feel of that movie and how it was so much different during the cold war to have a movie like that also i think it's the fact that we took for granted how granted not granite not the rock um we took for obsidian we took for obsidian uh we took for granted how um difficult hacking is and the fact that he hacked that military central intelligence thing well the sniffing yeah that whole term came from that movie yeah so um the whole idea of people now would go sniff for like routers and and wi-fi signals and stuff like that the fact of cold calling numbers to look for interfaces uh the whole sniffing and the turn all that came from like that movie so yeah did you know they're remaking Xbox is making a War Games series? It's not like a remake of War Games. It's kind of like an homage, like right. play. It's kind of weird. It's a video game, but at the same time, it's like uh, your own adventure sort of thing, movie, you right. know? No, I, I think I heard something slightly about it, but it yeah. didn't catch my interest enough for me to, to look. No, I'm right there with you, but it's because kind of like. <laughs> Matthew like Broderick's not in it, so I don't care. It's kind of like Netflix doing uh, uh, Lost in Space. It looks yeah. interesting, but it's just not. It hasn't caught my attention enough to go. You know, I still remember. I'm the, still going to check out Lost in Space. I might. Did you see the Lost in Space movie from 2000? The one that has Matt LeBlanc in yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I've that, seen that. I made. I made. Uh, I made my better half watch that the other day, and. It's Isn't so Gary bad. Oldman the villain in yes. this? He is? Okay. And he's like the only thing you would think you would like about that movie, but it's just, it's so bad. Yeah, it's bad. So it's put me off of, of wanting another Lost in Space. <laughs> so the Netflix one could be good. It's just, I'm so, I still have such a bitter taste in my mouth from, from that other Lost in Space. Yeah. I'm right there with you, man. But um, the old series. The old series is old fun. series is great. Yeah. yeah, it's real fun. So question, before before we move on to your number one. Yes. The premise of War Games. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was so an actual the, question, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, the overall defining moment is the Whopper, spoilers, by the way. Yeah. The Whopper learning that there is no win scenario. Yeah. By playing Tic-tac-toe. Tic-tac-toe. Now, do you believe Tic-Tac-Toe is a non-winnable game? I've seen, like, somebody, like, I've seen a YouTube videos to show, like, regardless of where you play on the board, you can always... Like either net law or you know break even or win, right? So yes, I think so. Okay, see, the, and that's the thing. It's like any game. If you know what you're doing, you're yeah. gonna win. Like nine times out of ten, I will destroy people in tic tac toe. Yeah, but but if you do know all the all the solutions, you should never lose. Exactly. But most people just go, eh, I'll put a circle here. Exactly. And then you're like, ha. So, are you asking what? How do I feel about that ending with the tic tac toe and the no, whopper? No, just in general. If you felt, I was more curious about tic tac toe than. Okay, one. so <laughs> yeah, but I think it, it's an interesting ending. You know, I like it a lot. Oh, that's a great and, movie. Good. Yeah, and what I, I'm going to butcher this quote, but it's um, is this a game or is it real life? What's the difference, sort of thing? Right. And he's like, oh boy. <laughs> how how do we teach it this? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, it's a fun movie. But my number one, as teased earlier, is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It's a great number one. This is one of the funniest movies I have ever seen in my life. Easily the best Michael Cera movie he's ever done. He fully embodies 
regardless of how, you know, different it is from the comics, you know, because there's just so much in those comics, you know, there's a lot to digest. But at the same time, I think that they nailed it. Yeah. I really Scott do. Scott Pilgrim's a perfect example of taking the reference material and the world that was built and still making, uh, even though it's different, a, a great movie. Yeah. The Vegan Police is one of the <laughs> funniest things ever. Thomas Jane is so good in that. Just that little cameo. It's milk and eggs. <laughs> yeah, you know, Scott Pilgrim's another movie that is also very Ready Player One-ish. Uh, very. It's, it's got the you know the exploding coins and all the great video game references. Um, it's just so, so much fun. And every level, as we'll call it, it's yeah. just better than the one before. It's it's a well put together movie. Yeah. Oh, and good music. Oh yeah, the soundtrack for that yeah. movie is killer. So so good. I might watch that movie when I get home. I love it. Yeah, Scott. I I was just talking to someone about the uh, graphic novel slash comics the other day. Yeah. Because it does vary from it, but uh, if you haven't seen those either, check them out because the writer the writer I can't think of his name. I'm yeah. Sorry. Um drawing a blank on that too i'm i'm terrible with names for oh, like I, authors that's, and stuff that's so. the worst that's my worst thing yeah uh he helped out a lot with the movie but he was writing those at the same time they were making the movie so he finished it after they finished so it does definitely uh go in a different direction than the movie but nega scott's great nega all, scott. all that stuff we're gonna go get waffles i like how, <laughs> i like how scott isn't a likable person but you like him like he's just right there he's right there on that edge yeah are you just like Man, you got some issues, but I like you anyways. Yeah, you want a you want a hero that's not perfect. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, you if they're if they're just clear cut, you know, good, they're, they're annoying. Like they got to have some flaws. Like Captain America. Yeah. Oh man, I would punch Captain America in the face. <laughs> he would end me right then. No, he wouldn't, because he's too nice of a guy. Yeah, he's like he would just he's he like just, ah, Rue, you kidder, you. Yeah, he wouldn't even move. He'd just be like, okay, yeah, you want to get some something to eat? Yeah. And you'd be like, yeah. <sighs> All right, Cap. Let's go to Denny's. All-American <laughs> restaurant, just like you. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so now I think we need to do some honorable mentions here because, you know, regardless of our top three, we definitely have, you know, some favorites out there we just didn't put on the list. I'm going to kick it off with uh, Hardcore Henry. It kind of has that first-person shooter element to it, you know, it, it, or, you know, first-person parkour <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, but I definitely got a big video game vibe from that movie. Hardcore Henry was it was very interesting because it definitely feels like you're playing it, playing a game. Yeah, uh, and it worked. I don't know if it worked for everybody, but it worked for me. Maybe I've played enough first person shooters that that it worked. I've heard actually saw this really interesting study with that movie where people were getting you know dizzy from the. Uh, right. But if you played video games and you were holding a controller in your hand. <laughs> While watching it, it didn't bother you. I could, I could see that. It was like a I really fascinating uh, uh, study. I'm like, wow, you know, I could see how that would help. You know, just holding the controller. Well, how we've in your trained hand. our brains to, yeah. to not get motion sickness just by moving our thumbs left and right. Exactly. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, I would say an honorable mention for me was definitely um, Jumanji, both the original and the new. I think. Oh yeah. I think uh, the original board game. Yeah. Um, it's just so much fun, so lovable. Oh, Robin yeah. Williams is amazing in it, yeah. uh, and it's a fun story. And the new one, I think, did did fairly well. Uh, it was. I like it a lot. It's different, yeah, uh, while paying homage. So yeah, 
I think if you look at the first one, I think regardless of what people think, it's a, it's a horror film. The yes. first one is. This new one is straight-up comedy, but it's a good comedy. I had a lot of fun with this new one. Um, another honorable mention of mine would be both Tron and Tron Legacy. Oh, Tron Legacy is so good. I don't, yeah, it do, got... Do it, people not like it? I know people don't like it. It's one of my favorites. I don't get why people don't like it. The soundtrack for that is the greatest Phenomenal. soundtrack for any film ever. Every time I drive through Chicago, I play that. It's like, uh... You get some Daft Punk going through well, Chicago? Just, specifically the Tron, oh, the okay. Tron soundtrack. It's, I don't know why it happened, but it's just, boom, boom, boom. And I'm driving. I'm like, oh, it's just big city, <laughs> Tron music. I love it. The Grid. The Grid, yeah. You just I, That movie, I, like I said, I, I, people didn't like it, but I thought it did so well at being Tron, but not being Tron. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I really love it. And the original, you know, groundbreaking for the time. Oh, and absolutely. You, I know you, people would say it's dated, but, you know, you can't look at it from that perspective. Look at it, at what it did. We wouldn't have so many movies if it weren't for Tron. I think it being dated helps. I mean, it just allows you to appreciate where we are now with visual effects yeah and like where we were then and how well they still told a story with that i mean i just i think tron both trons are yeah and it hits my nerd bone yeah the light cycle battle in the new one is just so fun yeah oh i want a light cycle really bad they sell them you know dude yeah i saw that and i thought I will kill myself if I ever ride a motorcycle, so I don't do it. Are you a motorcycle person? Not at all. Yeah, I, I just can't see myself on a motorcycle. I would buy one if like, I had the money, which I definitely <laughs> don't. I would buy one and just like, I have one. You would just sit it in the living room? Yeah. You would remove the couch, put in the light cycle. Yeah, and I'd just sit on the light cycle, like lay down on it, and watch TV like that. Hey, that's that the that's, most expensive, unpractical couch on the planet. You wouldn't be comfortable, but you would be stylish. Oh yeah, I would just feel good. I wouldn't physically feel good, but I would feel good <laughs> about myself. Um, I don't know if I have any more. I, I think we hit all my honorable mentions. Um, but yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for that best ever challenge. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any um sift quests for oh, this man. episode. Yeah. Um. I saw a couple, but, you know, I don't want to, because I, I saw the questions, but I didn't have names to go with them, oh, and I don't okay. and I don't want to give a question if I can't give a shout out. if you can't, you know, point the reference where the reference is owed. Exactly. Oh, man. And I feel okay. bad about that, so. Best ever challenge? Yeah. And that's typically when someone will say the... Or the SIF quest, yeah, they'd be like, hey, what's your favorite such and such, or me and my friends are having a debate on such and such. But okay. if you do have a question you would want to send in, please go over to Aaron Dicer's Twitter, at Aaron Dicer, and send him some questions, and he will send us off on that quest, and we will figure out the answer for you. Can I do a... a... So you have a SIF quest? Yeah, can I try a SIF quest? Go for it! What is the best ever book adaption to movie? Best ever book adaption to movie. Um, I know, I'm putting you on the spot, so. I'm going to go with Lord of the Rings. You think? I think so. It's huh. my, uh, I don't know if it's the best adaptation, but it's my favorite adaptation. So best, because those are two different things. Yes, best and best and favorite. We best can go with favorite. favorite. Yeah. We can go with favorite. I would go with Lord of the Rings, but give me a second here. I will look at my list sure. of I'll favorite tell, movies. I'll, I'll say what mine would be. Okay. Jurassic Park. Oh, Jurassic Park. Now, there is a lot in the book that does not make it into the movie. I think that just comes with the territory. The fact that John Hamm is actually the villain. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff, but when it comes to what I think capturing like the feel and the wonderment and awe and 
you know, Mr. DNA, all that stuff. I, I just, I think that's probably, because you're right, favorite might be different than best, but that's the one I would go with. <laughs> uh, it just hit at the right time. And yeah. I remember, remember how I said my brother used to read? Yeah. That was one of the books he read and oh. then handed it down to me to read. So I read it before the movie came out um, and then watched the movie after. So, All right. I'm going to give you a top three of movies that I've just noticed. Okay. So Princess Bride. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Because technically it's based on the Odyssey. <laughs> right. And then I'm going to go with finishing it off at... Oh, where was it? I just had it. Oh, this is... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Drum roll. It was... Where was it? I just saw Scott it. Scott like... Pilgrim. That's... <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Hey, it works, man. That was That's a great adaption. Oh, man. I feel like a fool because I can't find it. It was literally right in front of my face. Now I've made you feel like a fool. Oh, Howl's Moving Castle. I don't even know anything about that. It's an animated film. Okay. And it's Japanese animated by Hayao Miyazaki, if you know him. Like the greatest Japanese animated director of all time. Well, I didn't know we were going with anime because I would have said Ghost in the Shell. The original Ghost in the Shell movie is a great adaption. I didn't know it was based on a book. It was Well, it's based on ma- whatever. It's Magna, Magna. The manga. Manga. Yeah, manga, manga, yeah. I'm I, I'm kind of a partial weeb, so I don't know how everything's said. Yeah, I'm right there with you. But there's a uh, the English-dubbed version of Howl's Moving Castle has, like, an amazing cast, like Christian Bale. Uh, who else is in that movie? Uh, Laura Bacall, uh, Emily Mortimer, Billy Crystal's in the movie. It's really cool. It's, it's ja- Japanese anime, so you really got to... It's really difficult to explain. I'll just say it deals with wizards and a moving castle. Other than that, just dive right into it. You don't need to explain it. Yeah. But Hayao Miyazaki is unquestionably the greatest anime director of all time. He's won, I I think he's won some Oscars. If not, he's definitely been nominated for a plethora. But yeah, that was a fun little Sith quest. I like that one. All right, you know, I thought it would fit with the theme. Yeah. All right, it is now time to move on to some buried treasure. Rue, yes. do you have something in the world you would like to inform people about? <sighs> I listen to this podcast quite a bit. Okay. And I always think, buried treasure. What would my buried treasure be? Mm. And one thing I think Sif Pop misses a lot of is video game buried treasure. I try to do my the best. Only, <laughs> the only time I hear it mentioned is if we're talking about a phone app. That's the only time I ever hear it mentioned. Really? Well, yeah. then you don't listen to the episodes where I shout out like actual video games. I don't. I yeah. I listen a lot, I, but there are some that I don't listen to because I don't want to listen until after I see the movie. Uh, okay. And then it's like seven months later when I see the movie, so I never listen to the podcast. <laughs> so I apologize. <laughs> um, but no, so there are two things. There's, there's one thing that is no longer something you can do, but is um, super amazing. You should look up and just read about called Perplex City. Perplex City. Okay. Now, this was a collectible card game that was global. And it's not like a CCG game where you, you know, you activated my trap card. No, this is this is one where there would be puzzles on the card. You would solve the puzzle, and mm-hmm. the puzzle would give you a hint to where the specific item had been buried. And mm. uh, the back in, this is probably 10, 12 years ago, it was a pretty big thing. And every like the internet came together to solve this these riddles and put all the clues together huh. and eventually find the cube and win a hundred thousand pounds, I think it was. Wow. So it was it was pretty So big. was there actually like a buried treasure? Yes, there was actual phys- like all the clues 
led to physical things in the real world. Um, there was a there's a story behind it. It was it's pretty fascinating stuff. Um, I don't have like the link to it, but it was called Perplex City. So if, I'm sure if you Google Perplex City, mm-hmm. uh, you'll you'll find stuff about it, and uh, you can actually read like the person who found it and his story and about because you know clans came together. It's very that's, I bring this up because it seems very like Ready a real one. real world Ready Player One esque. You know where clans came together. Some people worked alone. Uh, it, it was just it's a really interesting story. Gunters, huh? Yes. Uh, but my real one, um, mm-hmm. and probably I don't know how many people know about um, Awesome Games Done Quick at this point. It's become very popular. Yeah. Um, but Awesome Games Done Quick and Summer Games Done Quick are two charity events that happen throughout the year, um, where video game uh, where people come together and play video games as fast as possible in a speed, speed runners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they raise money um, for Awesome Games Done Quick. They raise money for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. And for summer games done quick, they rent for Doctors Without Bo- or rent. They raise money for Doctors Without Borders. Um, this last January, they raised like two point six million, I think, for Prevent Cancer Foundation. Mm-hmm. I know o- over the last seven years, they've raised about twelve million or so. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be a runner for that last year in January. So it's something What'd you play. Yes, uh, I played uh, a game no. called Kalimba. Kalimba, don't know that one. It is a 2D puzzle platformer. Huh. Yeah. It's right up my alley. It's a good game. So like, you know, the Mario's and stuff like that. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's a 2D. It's it's a it's a fun game. You have you control up to four different totems with one controller and have to get them through. Oh, uh, that the sounds puzzles. like a nightmare. Yeah, it, you have to separate one side of your brain and the other side. Of your brain. <laughs> so it, it's 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 a fun game. The only game I've ever done a successful speed run on would probably be the new Resident Evil game. Mm-hmm. I finished in two hours. I've seen people do the Dark Souls games, the speed runs of those, and I'm like, you're insane. Yeah. There was a, there's a video online of a guy doing uh, Dark Souls speed run on the uh, the Donkey Kong bongos. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? Yes. I'm like, how could how do you how could you? It's impossible. That's been the fun thing. I've been into speedrunning since probably 2000. I started with Punch-Out, the original Punch-Out. And this is before I knew what speedrunning was. But I loved that game so much and played it so much. So I was like, I want to see how fast I can beat it. I can beat these fights faster. Then um, it's fun to watch how the scene has grown into what it is now. And a lot of like the fun things people do, like the blindfold or the two or three games at the same time with one controller. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of really interesting, amazing stuff Uh so it's cool for me, especially as it being a passion to see that and see it become more popular. But definitely um, Summer Games Done Quicks in July. So it's the first it's week of up. July. I would definitely check it out. It's all week long. Um, just look for Awesome Games Done Quick um, on Twitch and you can watch it there. I, I, there should be tons of links on how to donate and stuff like that. So Awesome. My Buried Treasure is going to be a new show that is out on AMC Network called The Terror. Based off of the novel, I can't remember the name of the author, but it's it's, it's going to be difficult because I don't want to give anything away. I want people to go into this as blind as possible. All I will say is <clears throat> it's based off true events that took place in the 1800s about two ships that tried to find their way across the Northwest Passage and they got stuck in the ice, and they the show that one of the ships was called the Terror, and the other was called the Erebus. Um, 
the show is based off of a book that added a sci-fi element to a real historical event. That's all I'm going to say. Go watch it. There's three episodes out. It is so good. Oh, it's so good. I haven't even heard of this. This is why it's a buried treasure. I like it. Yep. Uh, only three episodes out. But please go and watch it. Can't recommend it enough. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap up this episode of the Sip Pop Podcast. Rue, want to thank you so very much for doing this. Not a problem. I was, I've been, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Every, I told my brother it's a sign of a good show is that every time I listen, I want to be talking to you guys as you're talking because <laughs> I just want to be like, no. That's wrong. This is the name of the person you're wanting to say, oh, or that's, whatever. That's or, always me. Who's... Or wanting to talk about <laughs> wanting to talk about how bad uh, Pacific Rim the first one is. This is specifically the last one I listened to. Is you're about Pacific Rim? Just be like, man, that movie is so bad. I love it, but you can't. <laughs> there, there are two people connected and they share a brain and one person remembers their sword but the other one doesn't like it just it gets confusing to me yeah so but yeah that's the kind of stuff i always just want to edge on in that's why i like this show so i, I appreciate it yeah i will be back as much as you want me to be. awesome is there um somewhere you can send people to, like do you have a twitter or anything like that i don't i, I don't do social <clears throat> media stuff um i do stream speedrunning stuff on Twitch. Yeah, um, yeah. It's Send so- people there. Yeah, it's Sonic Screwdriver without the last E, so um, Sonic Screwdrive R. R. Uh, which is why people Driv call- R. <laughs> right, that's why people call me Rue. Um, so, yeah, you can go there and just follow there. You can also look that on um, YouTube. You can find that. As well. mm. Awesome. Well, thank you to everybody for listening to this episode. I'm going to totally butcher Aaron's outro because I don't have it memorized. But please head over to our Patreon page. Donate there for as little as $3 a month. You can get all of this and more access to other shows on the Studio DNA Network. Um, And you will find that it's easier than uh, finding your way through the castle. Uh, I'm just going to butcher it all. So, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you. I forgot the name of the orb of... I don't know. Yeah, it was the orb of something. From... Where's the book? Where's the book? Where's uh, our books? I knew Where's I should readers? have. Where are they? Yeah, but uh, yeah, we will catch you next episode, which we are going to record right now for a quiet place. Until next time, goodbye. See ya. <clears throat> All right, it's Phil. Probably like the orb of Gygax or something. They yeah. they named everything. That's how they dropped a lot of their. Yeah. Their stuff was by... Is it Orb of Ashivak? I have no idea. I think it's Orb of Ashivak. Oh, well. It's too late now. It's too late. You can't go back. Unless Phil wants Phil, to put this Phil, in go post. <laughs> just, Phil, go back. Find out the name of the orb. And yeah. then when he says the orb of, then just you go. <laughs> the orb Ashivak. of Ashivak. <laughs> it will be perfect. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.